Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is UFC lightweight Luis Pena, a.k.a. Violent Bob Ross, who is currently 7-1. Luis, how's it going? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, you know, just chilling, getting ready for training. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. So let's go back. You were born in uh, Naples, Italy, on a, a Navy uh, base, and you were adopted. So, could you give me a little bit of background on your upbringing, and then how did you end up uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas? So, yeah, so like, I was adopted and everything. And then uh, my family, I want to say when we were like, when I was like five. Or so, we moved back to America, and we actually lived in Florida for a year, and then I moved to Arkansas. I actually grew up in Cabot, Arkansas, the same, the hometown of Bryce Mitchell, too. Like, we actually knew each other growing up. It's pretty weird. Um, And uh, I didn't move to Little Rock until I was going to high school. Gotcha, gotcha. So, did you know uh, Italian? No, I mean, yeah, they, uh, my parents told me my first language is Italian, but I don't really have any memories of it, you know, yeah, yeah. I, was so, I was so young. Gotcha, gotcha. And then how did you end up getting into mixed martial arts? Well, so, like, I wrestled in high school and college and everything, and then, like, I was, uh, I dropped out of college after a year, and I was working, just kind of helping coach my old high school wrestling team, and then one of my old rivals, actually, was wrestling and training at an MMA gym and he said one of his training partners who ended up having to be Bryce was getting ready to fight a wrestler and they asked me to come in and like help him out and show him some stuff and so like I went in and started like uh, to help him out and I started training myself and like the rest is history I just never really wanted to leave gotcha. I feel like that's how uh, a lot of people start <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I've, I've heard the same story from a lot of people. I mean, at the same time, I also think about it all the time because, like, I still don't understand how I got into it myself. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I actually, I played uh, football. I ran track. Uh, I was a gymnastics. I did cheerleading. Played a little baseball too. Yeah, I, I did a lot. I did it yeah. all really. Yeah, you did a little bit of everything, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And then what was your first fight like, uh, 2014 as an amateur? Oh, man. That was, so the way I, I, I describe it to people, and like most wrestlers that get into it will uh, describe it to you the same way. It's like the high, whatever the highest thing you ever achieved, like for me, that was a state championship in wrestling. Yeah. It feels like that every time you go out there and fight. And so like that's how I got hooked was that feeling just over, like the getting that feeling over and over and over again. So that's why, I guess that's why I keep fighting. Yeah, now, I know you went pro in 2016 as an MMA fighter, but, and I, I know in 2017 you did some pro boxing too, so 
Did you do amateur boxing as well? Yeah, I was actually a Golden Gloves champion in St. Louis. Oh, okay. In Missouri, as a Missouri State Golden Gloves champ. Gotcha. And uh, so, what was what was it like for your first first pro MMA fight versus like your first amateur fight? I, I mean, for me, by the time I had went pro, I was like. I, I want to say between amateur kickboxing, boxing, and amateur MMA, by the time I went pro as a uh, mixed martial artist, I probably had like 30-something fights. Hey. So I was super, like, there there was no nerves. I, I mean, it was my pro debut, and the guy I was fighting was actually the last dude I lost to as an amateur. But I, I wasn't really worried about it. Like, I... I I don't know. I just I knew I trained hard. I knew I trained with the best guys that I possibly could, and I was really prepared. Whereas, like the first time I ever went out and fought as an amateur, I had no clue what the hell was going to happen. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's a little bit of everything. So, like, when you so say when you're like boxing or whatever, is there ever like a moment where you like want to kick but you obviously can't? No, not really. Like, I I, I don't know. I'm. I did a lot of different styles of wrestling growing up, so it was like it was kind of similar to that. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm very um, competitive, so like going out there and beating someone in what they do was very like it meant something to me. So like I I, I got very into like the rules of boxing and kickboxing when I would do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, like that's actually the one of the big things I can't stand about being signed to the UFC is that like I can't take boxing fights in between my MMA fights anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, that's what I was going to ask you too. So in 2017, I remember I saw the picture and and uh, you fought Vaughn Alexander, and you were like, "Oh shit!" Like, how'd you know that was Vaughn? How, like, who? How'd you know that was like Vaughn Alexander? So like, how did well, how, I mean, how'd that fight come about? I knew, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty big boxing head like I, yeah. I, I probably pay attention to boxing more than I do MMA really yeah. and uh, so yeah I just knew who Vaughn and Devin were and um, I was I mean for the being the guy that I am in MMA like I was always kind of known as like taking fights and so a promoter hit me up on like 16 hours notice was like hey man would you fight this dude I have tonight and I'm like who is it he's like Vaughn Alexander and I'm like I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, man, Vaughn Alexander. I know he just got out of jail. <laughs> and, like, you see, the kind of guy that I am, when that was when that offer was presented to me, like, I had to take it because it's like I had to test myself. Like, I had to see because, you know, people talk about, you know, being hard, like, real, being real as fuck and, you know, like, yeah. being a gangster and all that bullshit. But it's like when it comes time to do, like, some real-ass shit or do some real gangster-ass shit, are you really going to step up to the plate and, like, put your money where your mouth is? And I was like, you know what? I, I say that I'm real as fuck, and I say I do this fighting shit. Let's see. Let, let's do it. Let's go. Let's let's test you. Let's, let's test the fucking waters. That's the way I felt, like. And I just don't think you see a lot of guys like that these days anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so it was 16 hours notice and you're just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm like, dude, this is like the, this is like the, this is one of those things where I can tell my kids, like, hey, I went out there and did some shit that, like, I knew was, like, you never, like, because, like, yeah, it's easy to go out there and prepare for a fight and take a fight, that you, especially against a guy that you think you can beat, but then when, you, when it's like, 
Vin Askren said it best. It's like the like true like a true fighter mentality is like going being able to say yes, I'll take that fight when you don't know if you're gonna get your ass kicked or not. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, going back, going to like the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, how'd you get casted for that? So it's funny that you ask because, like, I, once again, I was actually getting ready to. It was the fight week of a, of another professional boxing match I had. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in the middle of cutting weight, and like I was scrolling through Instagram, and I just saw the flyer for the tryouts, and I saw that you had to be undefeated in MMA, and I'm like, I'm four and zero, and I just thought about it for a second, and I was like, man, the Ultimate Fighter. For the kind of guy I am and for the way this whole violent Bob Ross thing is starting to really take off, this could be the perfect avenue for me to get to the UFC. And I sat there and I thought for a second in the sauna and I was like, fuck it, let's do it. I contacted a couple of my sponsors and they funded my trip out to uh, Vegas. And the rest is history. You know, I went out there, participated in the tryouts and uh, I got my spot. Yeah, now besides like them knowing like your MMA record and stuff, did, did you have to like go through any like casting thing where they wanted to like learn your personality and stuff like that? Oh yeah. So okay. So the way the tryouts work um, in the beginning. So the very first thing we did after all the registration stuff, there were you did like grappling rounds. So they yeah. split it up by weight class: one forty-five, one fifty-five, and one seventy. And so. Each weight class would go into a room that had mats and everything, and from there, they would just randomly net match people up, and you would do a 90-second grappling round, to see, and like it was just kind of to, to gauge you know, everyone's level of grappling, mm-hmm. and then after that, you would, like, people just, they would section people off on the mat, and then mitt holders would come in, and people would hold, like, tie pads and focus mitts for, for guys, and you just had, like, a minute to, or I think it was, like, a minute and a half or two minutes to, like, you know, just do whatever you wanted, and Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby just walked around and watched people. And then if you made it past that, like, that round of qualifications, like, if you made it past the grappling and the mitts, then you uh, got to go on to interviews. And then if you made it past the interviews on the first day, then you were in for the rest of the week. And, like, if you made it past that first week, they sent us home. And we didn't actually know... By the time they, we got done with the first week of, like, tryouts and casting and everything, we actually didn't, like, they had narrowed it down to about 20 145ers, the 20 155ers, they had, like, dropped the 170s completely, but at that point, we didn't know who was going to be the actual cast mm-hmm. and who was going to be the, the alternates. So then how, how did you get the offer? Uh, so... I remember my manager texted me while I was in uh, practice. I it was like in between striking and I was like getting. Uh, I just finished up my striking practice and I was going to get my gi on. I just happened to check my phone and as I'm putting my gi on, I see my manager text me, "You're in the Ultimate Fighter," and I just started going fucking nuts. Like it was, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is real. And then I remember, like, man, like I just. I couldn't believe, like, it was one of those things where, like, man, I just could not believe that this was happening. Like, I made it because I knew, like, with the whole Violet Bob Ross aesthetic, with the way I fight, with, like, it was just the perfect package for the show. And it ended up, I ended up being right, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's the only Ultimate Fighter I watched. And I was like, the first time I saw you, I was like, this guy's going to be a star. Like, I just knew it. Like, I, I didn't see you fight and then, like, look up your record or anything. I mean, obviously, I knew it was undefeated, but yeah. And then, uh, and then how'd that ultimately, like, change your life, I guess you'd say? Well, I mean, it all starts with the coaches, DC and Stipe. Yeah. I just, just happened to be lucky that it ended up being their season because me and DC ended up, you know, connecting. He connected me with, uh, Rosendo, who's ended up being Rosendo Sanchez, who ended up being like probably the my like my best coach I've ever had, and the like not even my best coach, probably one of my best friends. Like I, I mean, I I trust. I talk to Rosendo about everything. Like he's the one guy in my life, and one of the few coaches in my life that I go to for anything. And it's like I, I just that that whole experience, the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. has changed my life in dividends in, in ways I never thought. Yeah. And what, what was your first uh, UFC fight like? You know, what's funny is um, even though the, the Richie Smolin fight was the first fight on my UFC record, and yeah. it is my technically my UFC debut, I don't know. It just felt like another day in the office. I didn't really get those like UFC feelings or those UFC jitters until fighting Trusano. Yeah. Mainly, I feel like that was mainly just because it was on, on the main card. And I was like, I, it, it, that was that meant a lot to me for some reason, being on the yeah. main card of the UFC's 25th anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually just had... Um another uh, person that was on Ultimate Fighter and I asked them the same thing like like what do they count as the first UFC fight like the Ultimate Fighter finale or like when they're on the actual like UFC card I think I think she yeah. said the same thing Similar yeah the finale yeah they, so they technically count my finale yeah, yeah, yeah. the finale fight against Smolin as my first UFC fight yeah. but like I said like I don't know it just felt like another any other fight I, I don't know it was weird I was actually kind of surprised myself at how well I, I dealt with that going in because there was a lot of attention on me. There was a lot of media, mainly because I had my camp. You know, I had recently switched to AKA and DC was fighting the next day. So, like, being in his camp, there was just a lot of buzz around me as well. So, like, I felt like, I don't know, I, I rose to that occasion pretty well. And it just took me time between uh, then and, like, actually getting on, like, a UFC card. And not only getting on the card, but, like, being on the main card Mm -hmm. to where I'm at now where it's, like, I I want to be on the main card. Like, I thrive on it. And, like, I'm I'm really, like, I'm looking forward to all the press and everything. And not not that I never did. It's just, like, I'm looking forward to, Mm -hmm. like, this... uh, I look forward to how do I put it? Um, the way my star has grown and like yeah. all the attention now and like having to live up to that. Like I, yeah. I really like it motivates me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, now you're just getting used to it and stuff like that, comfortable and stuff like that. Exactly. I remember uh, there was a little controversy. You wanted to bring out like the world flag and they wouldn't let you because they had to get it like all approved or something like that. What was the meaning behind you? Like you wanted to bring the world flag out. Because I don't, I don't mean the way I look at it. I don't represent one country. I, re, I just represent everybody. That's what me. Like, uh, I, I might not be able to walk out with it myself, but one of my teammates, Salim Muldino, he's actually fighting on October fourth for mm-hmm. Bellator. 
I'm gonna let him take the flag and walk out with it. And it's, he's the same way. It's the same message, you know. It's not about representing one one set of people or one one religion, one country. It's about you know bring us all together to rep and like trying to make like to show people that like we're all just the same. We're all one human race. Yeah. So is that is that flag still not approved? I don't know. I mean, uh, as much as you know. I want to. I, I don't want to buck the uh, uh, rock the boat, you know, bite yeah. the hand that feeds. So I, I just uh, I'm waiting for them to let me know when it's cool. And then, what, what's your experience been like at uh, training out of AKA now at like DC and um, Khabib? I love it, man. It's it's the best training I've ever had in my entire life, without a doubt. And I get pushed every day. I, I I get pushed to my limits just about every day. You know, not only that, but it's uh, it's been really cool seeing my growth overall. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've grown exponentially as a fighter um, since I've been here. Like just the the way I approach things, not only on a physical but mental level now. It's very, very different, very, and I think it's it's at the next level where I need to be in order to be, you know, truly successful in my MMA career. Definitely, definitely. And um, losing to Trezano, uh, does that does that take like pressure off you? For, like I know it's like in MMA, it's not really like the same as boxing with like wins and losses. But do you think it take, took pressure off you? No, not really. I mean. It's weird. Even though I lost that fight, no one is like a lot of people. There weren't weren't too many people like talking about like him winning it so much as they were me losing. So it's almost not necessarily that I gained pressure, but it's like just never. I I still feel like there was a a very big expectation on me, especially like in the subsequent fights. Like and uh, going into this one, I feel like there's there's even you know there's just just as much uh, um, expectation for me to go out there and perform. So it's like, I, I would say, like, I just, I'm in the same spot. Or I, I, I was in the same spot after the Trezano fight. Yeah, so do you want to rematch with him? Because I know it was a split decision. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I always do. You know, you always want to get that win back. But at the same time, I would also like to see us both, like, go our separate paths okay. and meet up when it's, like, more appropriate. especially when there's more on the line definitely definitely can you take me through like what a camp looks like and you cut and wait uh so I mean Monday Wednesday Friday I uh pretty much hit mitts do hard sparring and do conditioning that's just a regular yeah it's Monday Wednesday Friday and then Tuesday Thursdays is straight grappling wrestling on Tuesdays jiu-jitsu on thursdays and then i uh, just kind of like at night i'm kind of free to do what i want it so it's like i, I just kind of come up with what i what i want to do based on how i'm feeling like some nights i'll go and I, i'll swim and i i'll do a pool workout some nights i'll go do you know more boxing intensive workout just to to work on my conditioning and then some nights i'll just go grapple you know just depends on what i want to do on those nights and then saturday uh, just depends. Like I said, yeah, it depends on on how uh, how things go Saturday. But usually, I go up to Santa Rosa 
and uh, work out with a sendo. We'll do mitts and then like bag drills and stuff like that, and then uh, do the pool workout again. And then Sunday is my my day off. I don't really for fifty five when when it comes mm-hmm. to, like cutting. I don't really have to diet too much. Like uh, in camp, I just like have to slowly taper my food and water intake on fight week, and I just get down. Yeah, I don't was, even really use the sauna to make 155. Like I, I actually yeah. haven't used a sauna at all in my pro career to make uh, 155. Well, that's an intense workout. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, October 12th, you're fighting Matt Fedora. That's Fervola. Uh, that's uh, seven and one. Also, how, how do you see the fight playing out? Uh, I mean, he's a tough dude. You know, he likes to come forward. He likes to throw bombs, get people to the ground, beat them up, choke them out. You know, very, very similar to uh, Wyman. But he, mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, honestly, he kind of reminds me of a younger version of uh, the guy I just fought, Matt Wyman. Mm-hmm. So it's very, like, very similar game plan, you know. We're going to try and keep from uh, from grappling, but at the same time, it's like, I'm very confident. I believe in my my jujitsu and my wrestling. So it's like, if we have to go there and I have to play the grappling game, I don't mind. But the the game plan is always stay long, stay strong, and hopefully get him out of there in the first or the second. What advice would you give a young fighter? Man, what advice would I give a young fighter? I don't know, man, because it's like it's. I, I know a lot of young guys, and their mindsets are very like. Even in the time, like this, the short amount of time that I've been fighting, mm-hmm. I've noted like I, I've noticed a serious change in the mentality and the way guys are. And um, I, I don't know. I would just say toughen the fuck up, <laughs> like God, <laughs> just like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. shit. I, I feel like the guys are looking at this as a, as a game and not a, a brutal sport. Like, this this isn't a game. This isn't something, something you go out there and you game the judges, you game the system. Like, you go out there, like, when, you, when you're that kind of guy, you're trying to win like that, you're going to meet a guy like me who goes out there to hurt people to win, mm-hmm. a guy that wants to finish you to win, like a guy that, that doesn't, that, whose, like, main goal is to make sure you walk out of there remembering his name. And you're not going to come up gaming him. You're not going to win that, that judge's decision against him because he's he's going to try and fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last couple of ones. Are, these, they're, these are some fun questions. They're going to go from average to savage. So how how did you get the nickname Violent Bob Ross? Obviously the hair. You yeah. know, there's, there's, no, there's no other way to put it. The hair, the beard, and like, you know, I smoke a lot of weed. I'm pretty laid back, so... That's that that whole aesthetic leads into the whole violent Bob Ross thing very well. What's your uh, favorite song right now? Ooh, favorite song right now. Uh, Differences by Genuine. All right. <laughs> what about what, what was your first big purchase? For, oh, my Xbox 360. <laughs> 360. Hell yeah, man! I Not an Xbox One. Up. No, I saved up so much money. No, this is when I was a kid. Oh, no, I, I mean, when, no, I'm talking about when you became a UFC fighter. Oh, when I became a UFC fighter? Oh, uh, I bought a car. I, I right. bought two cars, actually. Got this. What about top five favorite fighters of all time? Maybe MMA or boxing? Or both? Um, 
Thomas Hearns. All right. Well, actually, no, Nigel Bid, Thomas Hearns, Anderson Silva, Bid. <laughs> See, the thing is, a lot of my favorite fighters, like, I used to look up to, and now I'm just like, I might have to fight you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, okay, Nigel Bid, Thomas Hearns, Anderson Silva, Emmanuel Augustus, and Prince Nazim. No, Prince Nazim and Emmanuel Augustus. Nah, I'll take it. What do you do when you're not training? Uh, when I'm not training, smoke weed and play video games. <laughs> What's your favorite video game right now? Uh, man. Probably Super Smash Brothers. I've been playing okay. a lot of Super Smash <laughs> Brothers right. lately. And last one, when people see you in public, do they go like, do they say, yo, Violent Bob, or do they go like, yo, Luis? <laughs> oh, no, they definitely, it's always, oh, my God, are you Violent Bob Ross? Like, that actually happened to me the other day at Safeway. I'm like, go, I'm like walking through, um, it just, like I said, I smoke a lot of weed. I'm, I'm stoned as balls, so I'm just like walking through, it's got like it's sweatpants and like a shirt and everything, you know, just doing my thing, and then like some dude stops me with like, his friends and everything and I can tell like he's super excited about it he's like are you Violent Bob Ross and I'm just sitting <laughs> there and I know my eyes are like barely open and I'm looking at him and I'm like yeah and he's like can we get a picture and everything and like I t- so I take a picture with him and like I literally you can't tell if my eyes are open in the picture or not and I'm just like ah fuck it oh, you gotta get the shades man <laughs> like that's the yeah it happens to me all the time like I'm almost I'm almost certain most people don't realize my name's Luis. <laughs> gotcha. All right, well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, and could you let the people know where they can find you on social media? You can find me at Violent Bob Ross on both Instagram and Twitter. That's all one word, Violent Bob Ross. And as well, I'm on Facebook, Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena. You know, go ahead and throw me a like. And then, of course, catch me October 12th, UFC Fight Night 161, UJ Check versus Watterson. Fight Matt Frivola, October 12th. It'll be fun down in Tampa Bay. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck October 12th. I appreciate it, man. No problem. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.